0: Warriors Home Improvement Show, built by Bar Lumber. When it comes to big or small projects around the home, Tony and Corey have got the know how and the answers to make your life just a bit easier. Here they are, your Weekend Warriors, Tony and
1: Corey. You know, Tony, hiring a contractor can be
0: intimidating, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I feel like that um, it doesn't have to be, but it certainly can be. You're going to be entrusting a lot of your money, time. Um, you're going to be entrusting your space, your personal space, um, to this person who you otherwise don't know. So, yeah, I would say intimidating, to say the least. I agree. Yeah, I've hired contractors on several occasions throughout my
1: life. You know, we are weekend warriors, but sometimes we get to that point where there's a project that we just can't handle, or there's some electrical work, some plumbing work, or some sheetrock work, right? I've said that on the show a million times. I hate doing sheetrock. So hiring somebody, you need, to, you need to consider some things before you just pull up Craigslist, find the nearest phone number. Oh, yeah. Call them up. I mean, you don't, yeah, we don't, that, that, we don't do that at all. Sometimes
0: you're asking
1: for a disaster waiting to happen.
0: Yeah, we've definitely got some tips for you on the best, safest, and most successful way to choose a contractor for your project. And uh, the list is created, and and we're going to work down the list. But the very first item on the list, in my opinion, is not the most important one. Uh, I know that you you may feel like that it is, but I'm going to jump to three instead. All right. Uh, The first one on the list, which we're not going to cover just at this moment, is credentials and qualifications. But I'm going to jump to number three, reputation. In my opinion, the reputation of the contractor that you're going to choose is paramount. Because if if you know the reputation of your contractor, then that means you've done your research. And if after knowing his reputation, because you've done your research you still think that that contractor is the right person then now you know something do you see yeah. if you if you're choosing a contractor and you're not basing your decision on reputation then you're doing yourself a disservice and potentially setting yourself up to fail so for me reputation is number 1 well you make a good point because
1: when was the last time someone asked you personally Hey, do you know a plumber? Do you know an electrician? Do you know a framer that I could call? Or a cabinet person I could call? Everything is about reputation. And when you're recommending someone, especially to friends, family, colleagues, you want to make sure that the person that you're recommending is going to do
0: right by them. Right? There is almost nothing more important if somebody calls me and I puts and I put my name on the line and I say that I recommend this contractor that contractor better hold up their end of the bargain that's that's where I'm at if I'm going to recommend you you better do a bang up job yes you hearing that contractors <laughs> uh yeah <laughs> it, reputation very very important second to reputation in my opinion credentials and qualifications Obviously, you're not going to hire. Um, you're not going to hire a do-it-yourselfer, handyman type person f- to build your home. You're going to want to hire someone that you know has done the job successfully and can do it again successfully. Yeah, you
1: want to make sure they're licensed, bonded, insured, that they have the necessary certifications or qualifications. Back in the day, a contractor, all they had to do was go out, take a test, and they would get the piece of paper that's saying, you're a contractor, good job. (laughs) And they don't do that like in other parts of the world. You go to Europe, you go to England, you actually have to prove that you know how to be a contractor before they'll give you a license. They don't do that here. However, they have made some strides. They've, They've added in certain requirements for contractors to get their license renewed. And I think it's a good thing. They call it continuing education, right? Par hosts these events all the time where we invite contractors to come in and learn about energy efficiency, building practices and new products, new products that, that make sure that that person is up to date. You know, the, the biggest thing that I hear all the time from old timers is, we've been doing it this way for 40 years. Well, that was great. 40 years ago. With 40-year-old technology. <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. still using the same caulking that you started using in 1981, there's a problem yeah. because they the technology in caulking has come a million miles, and the products they're coming out with today far surpassed the technology from 1981. Sure. So it's, you know, making sure that someone has the proper credentials and qualifications. And like I said, licensed, bonded, and insured. I think that's the most important. That's why I put it at number one. But I agree with you as well. Reputation is super important. I mean, you look at this, our list, all of them are. No, you're right. To be honest. You're right.
0: They absolutely are. Because the very next one is what? Experience. Uh, And that's not to take something away from someone who has just gone to college for four years and maybe they um, maybe they studied contracting and maybe they just graduated and they project management. They have all of the information that they need to be successful, uh, but they don't have any on the job experience. Not saying that they won't be successful. Maybe they will. But is that a risk we want to take? I want the contractor that I hire to be tried and true. I want the contractor that I hire to have accomplished this same task before successfully multiple times. And now I want this contractor to do it successfully for me. Yeah. Experience for me is um, is very important.
1: Yeah. They need to have relevant experience as well. You know, you could hire uh, somebody that builds pole barns to do your kitchen. <laughs> right. You know, <laughs> your kitchen remodel, they might have 20 years of experience in construction, but it might be rough framing and not necessarily finish work, finish work, sure. finish carpentry, mm-hmm. tile work, countertops. These, these are the things that are important. You need to have someone with experience and maybe necess- not necessarily that person, but experience enough to bring in someone if you're hiring a general contractor. And they have subs that that general contractor has enough experience to know who he's working with or she's working with. They need to have that that experience.
0: Yeah, this is also important. Uh, It is a dog-eat-dog world out there. And contractors are oftentimes clamoring for every bit of business that they can get their hands on. So it is a probability that you could offer a portion of your project to a contractor who has an expertise in that area and this contractor might say to you oh i can do some of this other stuff too i can do concrete and i can build that shed and i can do finish work on that staircase just because they say they can Doesn't mean they can. (laughs) Doesn't mean they should. This is, or should, this is where experience and this is where reputation and this is where referrals come in and you should be able to trust the contractor that you hire to be honest with you and give you good, solid information. So trust is another very important one, of course. And so, With all of that, I think um, we need to just be on alert when we're looking for the contractor. Well,
1: camping on what you were just saying, learning about a contractor, and like you said, they, well, I can do this, I can do concrete. There's an easy way to figure out if they can. You need to maybe read some online reviews, get testimonials, check. Do the checks, call the references, ask for pictures, put a list of questions together for that previous client. And you'll probably wanna make sure that it's not just the contractor's mom, just saying.
0: If a contractor does good work, then they're likely to have some sort of a portfolio to show off their good work. Ask to see the portfolio. Can I see some photos? or some posts online of some of your previous jobs that are similar to mine. So I can see what kind of work you've done. Contractors that are worth their salt will be excited to show off some of their work. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Come to my website and take a look at all of the projects I've done. You'll love it. You can get some great ideas there. Um, that's a, yeah. If, if there's, if they don't have a lot of successful work to show you. It's a red flag, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, I agree. What is it? What, that term? Worth, worth one, one salt. Worth one salt. I actually heard something about this the other day and the origins of where that came from. And back in the day, it was not terribly uncommon to pay people in salt. Salt was very valuable. Really? In some parts of the world and when you would say that that person is worth their weight in salt or worth their salt then you they're you know that's i don't know they're worth it <laughs> that's that's interesting
0: i'll tell you what i i've always thought um i've always thought about the fact that the human body is made up largely of salt and so i was thinking that uh, since the, your your human body was made up largely of salt, that if you were worth your salt, then you were worth what you were made up of. Yeah.
1: Actually, this uh, thing that I saw, it was talking about, it was basically, it was the Romans, and the word salt came from, the root word was sal, salination, you know, salt. That, sure. That's where we got the word salary. Oh, Really? Yeah, it's kind of funny. Huh? That is funny. That's great. It's a great term. It is. My dad used to say it a lot. I didn't actually. I remember seeing that thing, and I actually hadn't thought about that in a while until you said "worth is."
0: I didn't even salt. know. I didn't even know I said it.
1: Anyway, the next one on the list is communication skills. Yeah, dealing with a contractor that can read your mind is non-existent. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or they can read your mind. So you reading theirs, they're reading yours, just doesn't happen. So the only way to get around that is to deal with someone who has good communication skills. They can tell you and convey clearly the details of the project, things that you need to be prepared for, because working with a new customer, a homeowner, for example, somebody like me, who's not a professional. But being able to explain to me what's going to happen, managing my expectations, because I've watched too much HGTV, and I think that this bathroom remodel should be done in three days, and it should cost $5,000. You know what I mean? There's a lot of those sorts of people. So managing your expectations with good communication skills, letting you know what's happening and when, that's... uh. Yeah, I think it's extremely important. And honestly, it's a very good question to ask a referral. When you, when you talk to a reference of that contractor, that's a good question to write down on your list. Does he have or she have good communication skills?
0: That's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's certainly something that they would be able to answer. If they had gone down the road with the contractor, they would certainly be able to answer whether or not they had good comm- communication skills. Uh the next one on the list is budget and payment terms. This is very important. Oh yeah. What is the contractor's um vision when it comes to getting paid? Getting paid. And what where does that start? What is the down? What is the regular? What is the wrap up? What is the total? How much of it is for the contractor? how much of it is for the subs, how much of it is for material, all of that stuff. Understanding how the contractor th- views the payment process and how it's going to work is uh, extremely important because you need to definitely be on the same page in that area. Well, it needs to be clearly defined. If you have something in your head and say, "Well, I'm going to pay this person
1: 25% up front and I'm going to pay them the rest later when I'm satisfied?" That might not fly. For that particular contractor. That contractor has to let you know ahead of time the exact payment terms. And, and there's a lot of different terms. You know, it's not just you pay me, I do work. Right. It's it could be cost plus, it could be half up front, and then a payment schedule. You know, a lot of contractors will want 50% up front so they can buy materials. They might not necessarily be able to bankroll. Ten or fifteen or twenty thousand dollars worth of material for your job, right? So they might require you to pay that money up front, so they can go buy materials, and then have benchmarks. Okay, when I get this framing done, you have to pay me more. When I get the sheetrock done, you have to pay me more. So they can pay their subs, right? It's it's a a very complex dance that many contractors play in. Right. Dance. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Do. Uh, so, anyway, being understanding to avoid misunderstandings is definitely important.
0: Yeah. I mean, it, you definitely have to figure in the fact that while your contractor may have one responsibility or maybe several responsibilities besides being the general. Maybe your contractor is the general and also doing the framing, installing the windows, um, you know, maybe that they have. And so they're going to pay themselves for the work that they do as well as pay themselves for being the general. But then when they bring a sub in, those subs need to be paid in a timely fashion. Mm -hmm. So the subs oftentimes want to be paid immediately as soon as the job is done. And so if the job is done On a Friday, they're expecting to have a check in their hand, Friday afternoon or first thing Monday morning.
1: I've been seeing lots of these videos lately of contractors going crazy, where they do a job for a homeowner. Homeowner says, no, I don't like it. I'm not paying you. So then the contractor says, okay, well, I'm going to take my stuff back. Right. And they're in there with jackhammers.
0: Sledgehammers. And
1: saws and chopping everything up. I could not imagine getting to that point. If you don't, if if you have terrible communication skills as a homeowner, or if you have terrible communication skills as a contractor, and things are just happening, and the homeowner's in there talking to his spouse, this is the worst job I've ever seen. I'm never, pay- I'm not paying them. And the contractor's outside getting everything done, thinking, oh, "This is great. Yeah, can't wait to get paid." Yeah. And they're not. Comm- I mean, it's just so crazy to me. It's crazy. <laughs> it is. I can't. Uh,
0: I I did see a post uh, recently. <laughs> I've been seeing them a lot lately. Where a uh, contractor was tearing up the back patio. Yeah. That they had just laid. This and the patio was beautiful. I, I'm looking at it myself, and I'm like, this looks great. And uh, the homeowner was unsatisfied, and um, the, the contractor tore it up. And hauled it off. The contractor did twice the amount of work just so that the homeowner would not be able to withhold payment and then benefit from it. Right. Um, And, you know, honestly, that was a lesson well learned. I'm sure. Good
1: contractors have their ducks in a row and they'll file liens, especially if they did it. They're a licensed and bonded contractor and they've done everything with permits and done everything correctly yeah they'll just file a lien yeah you know and then you need to to worry about doing that in a going through that process in a court of law that doesn't sound like fun
0: here's another one corey i'm gonna just jump to this one insurance this is uh, very important obviously licensed and bonded and insured we talked about licensed and bonded and insured this is uh, very important for a contractor because. Uh, because they're bringing people onto your property, subcontractors. They're bringing them onto your property to do work, and if somebody gets injured there, um, you certainly want the contractor to be able to um, cover that, right? So, uh, a contractor that is that has insurance in case something goes wrong with your property uh, is very important. And if a contractor tells you insurance is not necessary, or he doesn't think that it's he or she doesn't think that it's necessary. They are lying to you. That would be a red flag for me.
1: Yeah. If, so, if you have someone on your property that's not properly licensed and they fall off or they hurt, injure themselves, you're on the hook. You. So think about that yeah. when you hire the next contractor. Uh, next one, on this would be timeline. You know, carrying clearly outlining a project timeline to ensure that a contractor hits the deadlines. And a lot of contractors will have stipulations and things. Obviously, there are things outside of a contractor's control. Maybe you special ordered a tub for your bathroom and said tub just isn't available. Supply chain. I mean, the last several years here in the United States have been a nightmare with the supply chain after COVID. So there are things. You know, holding someone to something that's unrealistic. I want you to pull a tub out of the air. Right. And I'm not paying you till you do. Right. What do you... I mean, what, what are you talking about? So there are things, right? But there is also situations where contractors will just not get the job done. Maybe they took on too much work. Maybe they took on a project over here that's paying them more than you. And... You know, homeowner B says, well, I'll pay you more. Just be on my job site every day. Right. And a contractor might say, great. So that's another thing that you can talk with references about. That's a good one to write down. Write it on your list. Did the contractor complete the job
0: in in a a timely timely manner?
1: Yep. Did they get it done when they said they would get it done? Right. Did they show up when they said they were going to show up? Very important. And you can also add provisions you know, four delays. I know some of these, not all contractors are going to go for that, but you know, like it's in the commercial world. I do a lot of commercial projects and there's penalties to be had. If you don't hit certain milestones by a certain time, the contractor pays penalties. So something to keep in mind.
0: Yeah. Uh, here's this, the next one is really good, including all of those things we've talked about, like, um, uh, timeline you were just mentioning also, um, the payment terms we were just talking about, you will find these things included in a contract contract that is drafted by the contractor and then signed by you and the contractor. And, If the contractor tells you that a contract is not necessary, that is for you to decide based on the amount of money you're spending. But if you're spending thousands and thousands of dollars, it's a really good idea to work with a contractor that thinks that a contract is a good idea. Yeah. Contract protects both of you. It protects the homeowner and the contractor because what it does is it binds the thoughts and words and processes of the communication prior to the start of the project. So if the contractor said it and it's in the contract and you agreed, and it's in the contract, then we're just making sure that the contract is fulfilled gets everybody what they want and everybody wins. Everybody gets paid. The project gets done and everyone is responsible.
1: Yeah. Most good contractors that you hire will have some sort of contract or documentation drawn up by their attorney that they just use over and over, right? Uh, But sometimes there's things specific to your project that includes scope of work, scope of what types of materials. You know, it's not just about money and timeline. How fast can you do it? And how cheap can you do it for? Right. You know, what if you're a person that wants a good job? (laughs) What if you want specific tile for your bathroom? Are you just gonna say yeah, whatever you want, whatever yeah. you whatever you think is best? <laughs> of course, you're not gonna say yeah, that's that.
0: That's definitely not that's definitely not suggested. You you're want gonna to do want that.
1: a contract that says I want Carrera marble from this manufacturer. I'm gonna go pick out the slab myself, and it will have my name on it. And you'll cut it up, and you'll get it manufactured and installed to my specifications. Yeah, you're gonna want that. Yeah, and if it's not in some sort of documentation and you refuse to pay and he leans you, I mean, that's on you.
0: Yeah. You might end up with Formica. (laughs) you imagine? Uh, The next one on the list is subcontractors. If the contractor plans to use subcontractors, you should verify the the subcontractor's qualifications and ensure that they are licensed and insured as well. Always. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what. Contractors um, probably have some... Uh, subs that work for them that are also just laborers, right? Not you. if you, if your contractor hires a drywaller and the drywaller shows up on the job site and is, and is prepping the wall for drywall. Well, the, the employee or the contractor, the person, the worker that's there doing work might not be a sub. No, he's a sub but he might not be the the main guy. He might not be the licensed guy. The licensed contractor might have guys working for him that are doing prep work or this or that or whatever, cleanup or packing. They might send some laborers there to pack material into the house. They might not be licensed contractors. That doesn't mean that the sub is not a licensed contractor. Every single person that steps foot on the job might not be a licensed contractor.
1: They're under... They're operating under the umbrella right. of the licensed right.
0: contractor. So you don't have, you know, every single person on the job site is, yeah, is not necessarily a licensed contractor, but maybe working for the licensed contractor who maybe isn't there in that moment at that time on that day. I was just making clear that uh, the sub that you might walk up to and talk to. And they, I need to see your license. Right. It's not, this Are is, you bonded? <laughs> well, no. This is my He's point. not a contractor. This he's is labored. my point.
1: Yeah. But he's... Covered under the large umbrella of the general contractor as long as the general contractor you hired is licensed and bonded.
0: Right. And it, it wouldn't be our responsibility as homeowners to, uh, to question every single person that walks onto the job either. <laughs> this is why you hire a contractor that you trust because the contractor has relationships, strong relationships with subcontractors. And if, if the contractor you chose, you trust, then you should trust that he's going to bring somebody onto the job that he or she trusts as well. So there is a, there's a long line of trust taking place there and you wouldn't feel obligated to interrogate people that came onto the job site to determine whether they are licensed, bonded and insured. Right. Instead, you would trust the contractor is making the right choice. All right. The next one on the list
1: is for permits and regulations. It's important that when you're hiring a contractor, it's in your documentation, it's in your contract, that they pull the proper permits. I've seen it before, horror stories where people have hired contractors, they didn't pull the permits, and then their job gets flagged by the city. And then the contractor says, oh yeah, I just forgot. I mean, that happens. And sometimes they're trying to do things non-regulated so that they're not doing things properly. So it's really on you to ensure that that stuff is happening and make sure that they're complying with local building codes. You know, I've, I've seen people do things where it might be okay in their country.
0: Well, I'll tell you what, I've seen results of people doing things that yes. were not done the correct way. I'm not 100%. sure that I've been on hand watching it happen, but, I but have. I've certainly seen the results of it. And it's, uh, it's unfortunate if, if the home that you spent all of the money that you spent on is now having additions or remodels or facelift done, and it's not permitted that can cost you in the end uh, in more ways than one. If it's unsafe, it could cost you, that way, or if it's uh you go to sell the house and the project or the sale falls through because of unpermitted work, these are things that you wouldn't want to have happen
1: if you hear this coming out of the person's mouth, it's fine. I've been doing it this way for forty years. yeah
0: that's <laughs> a red flag <laughs>
1: not always that's not a, always as a, I, I, like I don't need permits uh, I've been doing it this way for forty years. okay, yeah. Uh, The next one on the list is problem solving skills, you know, assessing a contractor's ability to handle unexpected issues. You know, we talk about can of worms on the show. It's happened to me. It's happened to Tony. You open up a wall and there is literally a can of worms inside of problems. Every contractor knows that not every job is going to run smoothly. At least they should. If you go into a project thinking, man, this is just going to run so smooth. If you've ever done any sort of DIY project and you've gone to Par Lumber more than once in the
0: same day. Right. You know for a fact things don't go smoothly. Yes. So One, One of the things Corey and I always say, expect the unexpected. Yes. So
1: being able to hire a contractor who has good problem solving skills. Again, that's another question you can add. You can add that to your list of questions to the reference to the references. Does this contractor have good problem-solving skills? Yes. Did they, did they have a problem arise? Did you have any problems arise where this contractor came up with a solution for you? Hey, the tub that you wanted that's not going to be here for another 36 months, I found this tub, uh, it's very similar, and we can get it now done, you know. Problem solved. I I don't know if you've ever dealt with people who they just say, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. It's happened to me a lot where I'll call a particular vendor looking for something. And the supply chain thing over the last few years I was talking about earlier has been terrible. And you call this supplier and you say, hey, do you have uh, this in 10 foot no, sorry, we're out. No alternative. And then your next question is, how about 12 foot? <laughs> <laughs> Should you really have to ask that question? Oh yeah, tons of those. Yeah. You know what I mean? That it's person's problem solving skills are Zero. limited. Yeah, they're limited. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, uh, we've all dealt with those people. You know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah. This is a good one. I like this one a lot. Guarantees and warranties. Guarantees and warranties yeah uh this is something that would be in the contract for example what uh what is my guarantee that this is going to be uh this this work is going to remain to be good it's not going to fall apart everything is going to work as it's supposed to and if something goes wrong over the course of of a predetermined period of time what is my recourse and Will you come back and fix it, and will you fix it for free? and all of that stuff? right. this is these are things that you would have in the contract, and you would you would agree with the contractor on these terms, and you would feel good about it moving forward, knowing that the contractor has your back and the contractor is going to fix whatever goes wrong for a period of time, and so on. So yeah, this is uh, this is something you would want to agree with the contractor on as well.
1: Keep in mind, there are laws in place that protect homeowners and warranties and and guarantees and that sort of thing. There are things out there, laws. Uh, But good contractors will go above and beyond the bare minimum that is the law. And it's good to have that conversation. I had a situation where we got tile work done and all the grout fell out. Within the first week, they came back, regrouted it, and it fell out again. Yikes. They came out, regrouted it, and it fell out a third time. Oh, no. Then they sent somebody out to grind, like take all the grout out, and then regrout it from the very get go. Apparently, the mix was too dry originally. Mm-hmm. So then, all the grout they were putting on top of the already too dry mix was not was, solving the problem. Yeah, it was just sticking to nothing. Mm-hmm. So it just kept falling out. And. My warranty was not very good on that project because they came out, did it for the last time, and they said, this is it. We're not doing any more. They gave me a little bit of refund money, and to this day, it looks terrible. So make sure that who you're talking to has the right (laughs) warranties in place for you.
0: Yikes. Yeah, uh, that that is uh, not a good situation there at all. And you're unhappy with the end result. I learned the hard way. So. Yeah, that's tough. That's a tough one. Um, Last
1: one. Well, second to last one. I added one more.
0: Yeah, let's do your I one thought, more. Let's I do thought... your one more first. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I came up with this because I just thought about this. I had a contractor one time that was doing some siding work on my house. And I had these neighbors who lived across the street. They were crazy neighbors. They were nosy. They were always worried about who is parking on the street in front of my house because they, we shared a mailbox, their mailbox. They lived across and then the next door. So kitty corner from my home and their mailbox was in front of my house because I had my, mine, my neighbors and theirs all three in front of my home next to my driveway. And it was, According to the Postal Service laws, you had to have X amount of feet on either side of the mailbox so that the mail person, mailman, can come in with his little car and deliver the mail. Well, my contractor the first day didn't know that. Propped up shop in front of the mailbox, and the postman drove right on by. Said, I'm not delivering your mail. Peace. (laughs) Kept going. Oh, man. So then my neighbor, nosy neighbor, who lived in that house, kitty corner, called the postman, the post office. The postmaster general? Yes. And they said, we require at least five feet beyond the mailboxes. So I had a conversation with my con. He had a conversation with me. I said, I'm really sorry about that. And... The next day, the contractor showed up and I said, hey, you got to park five feet this way. We measured it, set a cone. and like, just stay, keep your equipment and your vehicles past this cone and we'll be good. And I didn't make it five feet. I think he made it seven feet, just to be sure. Sure. And this guy, this neighbor, he came out cussing. He was so mad. Came across the street, ready to fight. Wow. And my contractor... Did not have very good temperament. Oh. And he almost got in a fist fight with my neighbor over this parking situation in front of my house. Wow. It was crazy. He called me on the phone. I was at work. So I had to come home and mediate this situation. And I'm like, this is crazy. What is going on here? So anyway, temperament.
0: Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, um, any person that you have to deal with in your life whether it's a contractor or a neighbor or a coworker, whatever it is, anybody that you have to deal with in your life that is quick to anger is going to be a challenge. And when you're spending the kind of money that you're spending with the contractor that you're going to spend it with, you do not want that person to be quick to anger. That is the opposite characteristic that Mm -hmm. you want from your contractor. So determine that the contractor you're choosing is... Patient, kind, loving, <laughs> and slow. They love their work and slow to anger. Yes.
1: I've talked to contractors. I know lots and lots of contractors, and some have a, have a very big disdain for customers. They don't like people. Right. They like doing work, but they don't like people. And, you know, honestly, that's pretty common. People get into the trades and they really like doing tile work, they don't like talking to you. They just want to do their tile work. Yeah. They want to get it done, yeah. make it look great, get paid, and leave. Yep. They don't want to be in there talking about their tools. Jibber-jabbing. Jibber-jabbing, yeah. So I've seen those situations where homeowners <laughs> test the temperament of some people. You know, They go in there with their blue tape, and they're like going crazy. It's uh, I feel like it's one of those things that you need to establish up front. If you're that sort of person, you need to hire the right sort of contractor that is the perfectionist that will do the job that you want to do. And you're probably going to pay more for it. If you're a perfectionist and you hire the cheapest contractor because you're also a perfectionist and a cheapskate, then you're probably going to be one of those people that has the contractor show up after a couple of weeks and jackhammer out your patio. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. yeah. It, you know, there's there's recipes for disaster. And if your expectations aren't managed properly. Yep. You know, and a lot of that has to do with doing your homework. Making sure that you're getting the the most the best bang for your buck and hiring a contractor that has great references and then you know they're going to do a good job and sometimes that means waiting they're not available till june well sometimes that means you got to do what you got to do
0: yep absolutely what's the last one on the list tony the last one on the list is cleanup and final inspection of course you this is another one of the things that you would have in your contract the agreement that the The job would be cleaned and free from debris and back to, um, back to a, a, you know a living state, as well as being you're getting your final inspection, passing the final inspection, and then usually there's some verbiage in here that allows for uh, your the contractor is done, um, we've been inspected and it is good, but in my opinion as the homeowner, there are some things that aren't maybe quite up to my expectation let's have a conversation about those that doesn't mean that you see a drip of paint um or a a, a run of paint on the wall and you withhold ten thousand dollars You withhold ten thousand dollars until the until it's scraped away and repainted um obviously i feel like that we are um we are we are all human after all and Quality and appearance and structurability are all very important words, but perfection, oftentimes, while expected, probably is, that word is very practical? probably that word is not in your contract. Read your contract. Does it say perfection? <laughs> it probably doesn't. Most contractors would not be looking for the word perfection, but, but within industry tolerance, yes, absolutely. This is a very important thing when it comes to final inspections and you've got a roll of blue tape and you're about to run around and stick it on every single thing that you see that you think is not good enough. There are tolerances that are allowed. Industry tolerance and um, perfection generally is not above and portion of that. Right. is not a portion of that. Uh,
1: Real last quick story. I just thought of this in in regards to cleanup and final inspection. I redid my backyard several years ago. You remember this? I do. And in that process, I hired a company to come in with their machines, digging machines and backhoes and dump trucks and haul dirt away. We actually hauled away 22 dump truck loads of dirt out of my backyard, which is not a big backyard. I mean, Uh, my lot is only like 8,000 square feet. So... They hauled all this because it was just like crazy, so much dirt. But when they were done, they had to drive this machine several machines, actually, down the side of my house to get rid of this dirt, which I didn't think of. You know It wasn't like a thing that I was like, "Oh, what are you doing with the driveway?" I just saw, over the course of three days, as this machine went back and forth down the side of my house 150 times with, you know, dirt. The contractor had put down plywood to protect my driveway, and then he, they came by, he lifted all the plywood up, took it away, and all this mud was everywhere. Well, then next thing you know, a, a, a pressure washer comes over, and he's pressure washed the whole driveway. I was amazed. Yeah. You know, it was in the contract that they were responsible for, for cleanup, and they were going to make it look like they were never there. Interesting. That's so, awesome.
0: Yeah, that's great.
1: Something to think about.
0: Yeah. There's always going to be those things. There's always going to be little loose ends and things that, um, that you agree with or don't agree with. And we all have to take a little bit in stride, I feel like. Um, take a little bit with a grain of salt, if you will. But, um, you know, um, remodeling and home building and these types of projects are... Um, it's, it's a very big job and there is a little bit of room for hmm, imperfection
1: yeah nope i agree well there you go hopefully you got some uh, useful information out of this podcast we really appreciate you listening feel free to check out all of our other ones and subscribe if you'd like we also have a youtube channel you can hit us up uh, at youtube.com forward slash wwhomeshow if you have any questions or comments you can email us we are weekend warriors at par.com that's
0: p a r r com thanks so much for tuning in have a great week